book of John, chapter number 13. John, chapter 13. There's a lot that could be taught and preached out of John, chapter 13. Uh, no doubt most of you have heard much taught and preached out of uh, this passage, and I feel like I'm kind of, I'm not really diving into it deep tonight. Uh, it's kind of just a simple uh, message in my mind. Um, but then again, when you go to talking about the things of God and the things of Christ and what He's done, um, it's, it's not really that simple. Um, there's, there's so much weight to it, if I could say it like that. Um, I think I'm just going to read one uh, verse tonight, kind of, kind of battling with that, because I really wanted to read nearly one through 10 or 12, but I'm not going to do all of that reading. But I will uh, go back and mention some of those, uh, some things out of some of those other verses. But I think I'm just going to read uh, verse number 10 tonight out of John chapter 13. Uh, do not have a title for this, so Nathan, I'll get with you on that after the service. I might, might figure it out once we get to the end. But um, I preached this message at the Lost and Found uh, men's meeting, not yesterday, but the last Tuesday, and in trying to get settled on a message uh, for tonight, uh, I was reading some different places and just trying to find another message, and I just couldn't really get anywhere, so I got to looking back over this one and kind of got some new thoughts uh, on it, so uh, maybe a little bit different than what you men heard on Tuesday. Uh, you may not remember it. I know oftentimes we kind of forget what we, <laughs> we, we forget what we've heard. Um, maybe just one kind of specific thing might stick out to us. But new coverage of prayer tonight because I've got several different thoughts that I have kind of gathered through looking over this. I'll read verse number 10 and then pray and try to get on into the message tonight. Jesus saith to him that he, Jesus saith to him, he that is washed, Needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for this passage of scripture. We thank you for all that can be gleaned from it. Lord, we do ask you now to just touch this message tonight. God, I pray that you'd use me, hide me behind the cross. Lord, I ask you to use uh, uh, your words tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Touch your people tonight in the pews. Lord, we do pray for those who are not able to be here tonight. That you'll touch them wherever they may be. Touch their situations. And we thank you for that. But we ask you to meet with us that are here tonight. God, give us a help. Give us what we stand in need of. And may you receive the praise, the honor, and the glory for all this done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the reason I chose that particular verse to read is because that is the verse that got me going on this message. And that is uh, the verse that has been a great help to me in my personal walk, in my personal life. And it's been uh, kind of the the theme in my own mind here lately for several, maybe even going on a month now, just this thought and this idea of a cleansing and a, a washing and living a clean life and walking a clean walk and things of that nature. Uh, and that's not going to be the whole message tonight, but that is going to be discussed a little bit in, in my third and final point in the message tonight. Uh, we're going to deal with a little bit of a washing and a, and a cleansing, but I want to look back at verse number four 
again, I said that I'm going to be going to the, some of these other verses, but for sake of time, I didn't want to do all of that reading. But look in verse number four with me, if you will. And it says that he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. Now, this is Christ, that he rose from supper, he laid aside his garments, and then he took a towel and girded himself. So, point number one tonight, Christ was a servant. Christ was a servant. He laid aside his own and then put nothing on but a towel. And, and my mind immediately goes to him putting aside, him laying aside his own. We know that he, he laid aside all that he had in heaven. He laid aside, uh, his position in heaven. He laid aside the glory of heaven. He laid aside all of those things to come and be robed in the flesh of a man and live the life of a man for you and I. He laid aside his own and then put on uh, the flesh of a man. And here in uh, in this story where he washes the disciples' feet, we see uh, one of the first things he did after he rose was he laid aside his own. And this is a symbol of of service, of being a servant. He laid aside what was his and then put on something so simple as a towel. And there's a little bit more to that we may get into a little bit later. Uh, but again, I said it's going to be kind of a simple message tonight. But my thoughts and uh, the idea behind this is to help us to remember, to realize, and to recount the fact that Christ uh, came as a servant. and He did not fashion himself as a king or as a, someone of power and to remind us that we are to be Christ-like. We ought to be like him in every way that we can. And I know that no one is perfect, and I, I wish I could remember exactly how this statement was written down, but Brother Jamie showed me a statement that he wrote down. He could not remember which one of our instructors, but believed it was one of our instructors uh, last semester. He wrote this statement down. Uh, it was just in kind of a, I wouldn't say a random notebook, but not his notebook for taking notes for class. So he's not real sure. Uh, maybe he was just kind of casually listening, but that jumped out at him, so he wrote it down. And it was something to the effect of, you know, we say that no one's perfect. We say that, and now since we say that, it's almost as if no one strives to be. And I've said similar things to that before, but I've never quite put it that way. I've said things like, we know no one will ever be perfect, but we ought to strive to be. But I think, I mean, that statement is so true that I wonder if we don't say that so much that, well, nobody's going to be perfect if we don't just not even try. But as a Christian, that is what we ought to do, is strive for that perfection. And my mind goes back to these messages that Brother Jamie has been preaching on uh, maturing, on the mature Christ, Christian or spiritual uh, growth and those sorts of things. And that perfecting of the saints, that growing in Christ and trying to be striving to be perfect, though we know that we'll never get there. But I wonder how many of us have just quit trying because we know that we'll never get there. That is not the place that we ought to be. But back to the message, Christ was a servant. 
that is the first thing that we need to realize tonight, at least in this message, is that Christ was a servant and we are to be like Christ. And I think sometimes we get more caught up in being served than serving someone else. Christ was a servant and we ought to fasten ourselves as he as as him. Uh, Secondly, Christ is a savior. These first two points will go fairly quickly. Christ is a Savior. Look at verse number 8 with me. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And then look at verse 10, We, what we've already read. He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. There's two different words here with this washing. It says, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet. And that word washed is a fully washed, a full body cleansing. But then this other wash just speaks of a particular part of the body, such as maybe the hands or the head or the feet. In this case, obviously, the feet. And uh, the the idea here... Let me see if I can find Schofield says the underlying imagery is of an oriental returning from public baths to his house. His feet would contract defilement and require cleansing, but not his body. So the believer is cleansed as before the law from all sin once for all, but needs ever to bring his daily sins to the father in confession that he may abide in unbroken fellowship with the father and with the son. So this is that need of, of cleansing throughout our lives. But first, before we get to that point of needing that continual cleansing or washing of the feet, if you will, there has to be that first washing, that initial washing. And notice that Christ said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And this is speaking of the salvation matter. This is speaking of that full washing, that total cleansing, that washed in the blood, that wash that you receive as a lost sinner stepping into salvation. And Christ said, I wash. And I want us to know tonight that He does the washing. He carried the cross. He hung on the cross. He bled on the cross. He suffered on the cross. He died on the cross. He finished the work on the cross. And He rose again on that third day. He performed all of the work that was needed to be done for you and I to receive that full body washing, that cleansing, that purification, that uh, that that cleansing of, of the soul that was so needed in you and I's life before we ever came to the saving knowledge of Christ. There was a point and a place that we were, each one of us was at in our lives. It may have been a different place for each one of us, but we got to that point where we said, I am finished and what he has done is finished and I'm going to give it to him and I'm going to allow him to take over my life. I'm going to allow him to wash me, make me fully whole, make me fully clean and create in me a new heart, renew in me a right spirit. I'm going to give it all to him, the one who has done all of the work. But can I tell you, there is still work to be done. There is a finish line to cross. We cannot save a soul, but we can be like Naomi and bring a Ruth out of Moab and into God's house. 
We can be that one that witnesses to somebody on the street corner. We can be that one that witnesses to someone on the job. We can be that one that witnesses to someone at a gas pump. We can be that one that goes and picks up someone else to carry them to the house of God. We can be... Uh, uh, we can be someone's savior in a sense of of maybe being that person that came and knocked on their door and gave them the gospel. I don't for one second believe that anyone in here could save a soul. But in, in that sense, in the sense that I'm speaking of, you could be that uh, that, that in between, that mediator, like Christ is our mediator to God, but sometimes you need someone, sometimes God wants to use someone, let me say it like that, sometimes God wants to use someone else to bridge the gap between them and Christ. God wants to use you to go and tell this person about the gospel. That is why we are here. We are here to preach the gospel. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you can still give the gospel to someone that stands in need of it. And there is a need, there is a work to be done. There is saving that needs to take place. And you and I can take a small part in that. And we ought to glory in that, if you will. I don't mean boast in ourselves, but we ought to glory in the fact that you and I can take a small part, a simple part in the eternity of someone's soul, the change of an eternity in someone's soul, because it is it has an eternity one on one side or the other. And you and I have an opportunity opportunity. We have the gospel. We have the love of God. We have Christ living in us. If you're saved tonight, you have Christ living in you. And that gives you the obligation and the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with someone else. Christ was a servant and Christ is a savior. And then my third and final point tonight, Christ wills to sanctify. Christ wills to sanctify, or He wants to sanctify. This is His will, that He sanctifies you and I tonight. Look at verse number 5 with me, if you will. After that, he, after that, He poureth water into a basin, and begin to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith He was girded. I find it very interesting that he only poured, as we find, water into the basin. Just water. And we know oftentimes water in the Word is symbolic of the Word. So I find that very interesting that he cleaned the disciples' feet with water. And how you and I today are going to receive the cleansing that we need throughout our walk, throughout our lives, is from the water, from the Word. From being in the Word. From, from drinking the water, if you will. Get your cup full. Let it run over. And I'm, I'm not just preaching to you all tonight. I'm preaching to myself. I have, this message has, has really helped me and it continues to help me. And it's been, I told you, these, these type of thoughts, maybe not particularly this message, but has been in my mind for at least a month now. So I'm talking to myself as well tonight. But this water was what was used to clean the disciples' feet. And I found this interesting. I was listening to some stuff today, and I've, I've been wondering what the significance was to this towel that he girded himself with. And there may be more to it than this, or maybe another aspect of it than this, but it says that he wiped their feet with this towel, began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. 
I remind you that he laid aside his own, and this was an act of being a servant. He laid aside his and picked up that towel and girded himself. And also, in, in these times, it was a lowly servant that would wash your feet as you came into someone's house. That was a, an act of a low, not just a servant, but the lowest of servants, would, would wash the feet as someone entered the house. But Christ, we find here, washing the feet of the disciples. But he took that towel and he would wipe their feet after he washed them with that water. There's 24 feet there. So that water's going to get dirty. But he wiped their feet with the towel. So this towel is getting dirty. One foot at a time. This towel is collecting the dirt off of the feet. So the garment that he had on was then by the time he got to the end, it was covered in filth from these feet. And so I think about how Christ came. He laid aside his own. He came down here to you and I, robed himself as a man in the flesh. But then on the cross, it said that he that knew no sin was made sin. He put on all the dirt and all the filth and all the all of the, the wickedness of you and I. He put that on himself. On that cross that day, and here uh, in this in this uh, beautiful picture, in this beautiful story here, we see that he put all of the dirt from the disciples onto himself, and that's exactly what he did on Golgotha on that day. He put all of the filth, not just of you and I that are in here, but those that are out there, each and every man, woman, child that would ever be born on the face of this earth from that day forward. He put their filth and their sin on himself and he died in that and then he rose again clean again uh, if you notice he you go back and he took off uh, verse number 12 after he had washed their feet he had taken his garments he put back on his garments and was set down again and so after that crucifixion and after that resurrection he he then he stayed on the earth i can't remember how many days it was but then he went back and sat back down at the right hand of god back in his royal garments, if you will. He put on the filth of you and I, and then he washed it clean and ascended back into heaven and is one day coming back to receive you and I. What a day that will be. What a day that will be. I want to look um, at real quick here at uh, Ephesians verse number five, chapter, chapter number five, verse 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave himself for the church. Why? Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the word. This is why Christ gave himself. For the church, that he might sanctify us. And this word sanctify, I don't doubt that we know in here what it means, but you can find several different uh, definitions of it, and there's a few of them that I particularly like. Uh, sanctify is to cleanse, to purify, to make holy. This one I really like, to prepare for divine service and for the partaking of holy things. If you remember in the tabernacle, um, I 
did a few messages, or I believe it was Sunday school lessons on that here. I think I've preached it some, maybe at the uh, retirement home, maybe the men's meeting. It's been uh, something that I've, I've worked several messages on uh, through going through that course. But if you remember in the tabernacle, the priests had to stop by the laver. After they left the brazen altar, the altar they would stop by that laver that was made of looking glasses, and they could see themselves. They could see the filth on themselves. They'd stop by that laver, and they would have to clean up. They would have to wash their hands and their feet with water before they could enter into the door of the tabernacle. And entering into that door was the holy place. There was the golden candlestick. There was the golden table of showbread with the twelve loaves on it for the uh, twelve tribes. There was glory, if you will, redemption inside. And this could only take, they could only go through that door after sacrifice and cleansing. And if you and I are going to enter into the presence of God, there's going to have to be, sacrifice has already been made, there's got to be a cleansing. A continual cleansing, a washing of the feet, a continual cleansing in our walk. One more definition I want to read tonight, to cleanse from corruption to purify from sin, to make holy by, I like this, detaching the affections from the world and its defilements and exalting them to a supreme love to God. Taking the things that you are attached to in this world, detaching them from you, and then turning that into glory for God. And that's exactly what He's done for me in my life. He's detached me from those things in this world that I was so attached to and then turned around and gave God the glory for it. Sanctify. This is Christ wills to sanctify. This says this is why He gave Himself for the church, is to sanctify you and I tonight. I want to look at another verse here. I think I'll look at two more verses and I'll be closing here shortly. Uh, John chapter 17 and verse 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We're sanctified, again, by the word, by the water. And lastly tonight, I want to look at John 13 and verse number 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Christ left an example for you and I tonight. I thank God for that example. Not just this one, but he left us many samples, examples, uh, different stories in the Word of God different from different walks of life. We have many examples for many situations that we face today in our lives Uh, The answers are all in here if we'll dig for them, if we'll immerse ourselves in the water and receive that cleansing that is available. He left an example, a full manual that teaches us, one, that we ought to be like him. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just say, hey, you need to be like me. But he left some teachings. He left some examples on how we can be like him. He put his life on display for the world. And I begin to get this thought. I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but when Brother Ashton preached here last time, he he's talked about putting something on display. So uh, that, that phrase just kind of started turning in my mind. 
And I got uh, going on this message, and I thought, you know, Christ put his life on display for the world. He gave his life for the world, but he also put it on display. And so I wonder tonight if we would put our walk with him on display for the world. It is on display for the world to see whether we realize it or not. But I wonder if we willingly would put it all out there for Christ's honor and glory. I want to close with this tonight. I just, I looking over this tonight before the service, I, I kind of got hold of this. And I believe we all know what Christ has done for us, but sometimes we need to be reminded. I believe it was Paul said that, that stir you up by way of remembrance. Verse number 12 says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. And so I wonder tonight if we know what Christ has done for us. If we really know, if we really have sat and pondered on it, if we've really thought, about how gruesome that cross was. If we really put thought into the pain that he endured, the filth that he put on himself, and he was so pure. I wouldn't go out there in my suit and waller in the dirt for you, Brother Stanley. If there was a serious life-threatening situation, I would. I don't care that much. But you get what I'm saying. I wouldn't just take something clean and just go make it filthy. But Christ, the purest man to ever walk the face of this earth, He is God. He put on the filth of the whole world. He put it on Himself willingly and suffered the shame, the torture, and the torment of the cross that you and I might be saved that you and I might be His servants, that you and I might be sanctified by the Word tonight. I ask these two questions. Will you put your walk on display with Christ? And do you truly know what Christ has done for you tonight?